It appears to be happening again. We start today with major breaking news. The failed twice indicted, twice impeached former President Donald Trump has been notified that he is indeed a criminal target of Jack Smith, the special prosecutor's January 6th investigation related to Trump's attempt to overturn the election, wanting to be president, even though he lost to Joe Biden. I know it's crazy that we have to explain that, but that is a different possible set of criminal charges than what he has already been charged with federally related to the classified documents and of course completely separate from the charges in New York and completely separate from the potentially forthcoming charges out of Georgia and Fonnie Willis's investigation. Let's get to the very beginning of all of it. The New York Times reporting Trump says he is target in special counsel's investigation into January 6th. It would be the second time the special counsel has notified the former president that he is likely to face indictment, this time in connection with the criminal investigation of the Capitol attack. We will talk about the so-called weaponization of the Department of Justice and all of those things. But in order to even have that conversation, which is a relatively silly conversation to have, let's be honest, we need to understand what is going on here. Uh, The New York Times reports Trump was informed by his lawyers Sunday he received the so-called target letter from Jack Smith the special counsel investigating his attempts to reverse his defeat at the polls. According to what Trump said yesterday, prosecutors use target letters to tell potential defendants that investigators have evidence tying them to crimes. You this is a critical point. You don't get a letter because your name has come up and you are among a list of a dozen people that are simply being looked at. Target letter means some evidence they already have, and that is of critical importance here. We will get to Trump's response to this in a moment, so we will keep that separate. Mr. Smith's spokesman has no comment. An indictment of Trump would be the second brought by Jack Smith, also prosecuting the former president for risking national security secrets by taking classified documents from the White House for obstructing the government efforts to reclaim the material. Trump is also under indictment in Manhattan on charges related to hush money payments to a porn star before the election of 2016. And he faces the likelihood of charges from the district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, who has been conducting a wide ranging inquiry into Trump's attempts to reverse his 2020 election loss. Also critical, it is not clear what specific charges Smith and prosecutors might be considering. They appear to have assembled evidence about an array of tactics Trump and allies used to try to stave off his election defeat. Interestingly, the thoroughness of Jack Smith has recently come to light because we learned that Jack Smith has been in contact with um, uh, Arizona officials where we know Trump also tried to pull the fake elector scam and the pressuring the governor to help him scam and all of these different things. We actually still don't know how wide ranging these charges will be. A month ago, if you had asked me which of these actual and potential future charges do I believe could be the most serious, I would have unquestionably said Georgia, Georgia, where Fonnie Willis is looking into Trump's attempts to strong arm officials there. Remember the infamous I need 11000 votes. Give me a break, etc. I would have said that is where the most serious charges will certainly stem. Now that we've learned about the thorough nature of Jack Smith's investigation when it comes to strong arming officials, looking not just at what happened in D.C. with the riot itself, 
But looking in Georgia, looking in Arizona, looking in Michigan and looking other places, it is at least on par in terms of its potential seriousness with what um, Fonnie Willis may bring forward. Now, there is a question that has been brought up mostly by right wing media types about will the country become so used to the former president getting arrested that it won't really make a difference anymore. And we are going to discuss that in detail later as well. But think of that for a second. Think about how absurd and surreal a situation we have. If it is even a conversation that, you know, this former president's been arrested so many times, it's not really that clear it will make a difference anymore to people. That is an incredible commentary, an incredible commentary on the circumstances in which we find ourselves, their unprecedented nature. And what we talked about six years ago, hyper normalization. We all were affected by this, particularly those of us who followed the last six years of criminality, alleged criminality by Trump closely, which is it gets so ridiculous so often that it does, in a sense, desensitize us. When Trump used the Sharpie to change a hurricane map to be more politically convenient, it was crazy. And we all looked at it and said, this is dear God, this is unbelievable. But our reaction was not what it would have been if, for example, Barack Obama had done that in 2015, because we had already been desensitized to a degree to the insanity and absurdity of this man. And so while I disagree with those who are now saying the arrests don't even make news anymore because it's happening so often. I disagree with that. There is an element of uh, desensitization. I don't I can't think of any other word to what is going on and what is going on is completely unprecedented. One other interesting point related to the target letter. Trump says that Jack Smith gave him four days to appear before the grand jury if he wants to explain himself. That short timeline does suggest we may be getting to a third arrest very, very soon. If and when it happens, we will cover it. Let's next discuss Donald Trump's reaction. Donald Trump published a crazed rant, a troth sensual post, troth sensual, as well as an unhinged letter in reaction to being notified that, yes, he is a criminal target again of special prosecutor Jack Smith this time for his attempts to overturn the uh, election results of 2020 and that he may soon within days be indicted and arrested a third time, hopefully this time not under the purview of Judge Eileen Cannon, a Trump appointee. We'll have more about that on the program tomorrow. Let's start with Donald Trump's outrageous statement. And I don't know if I have the stamina to, to read this in the way that Trump published it, but let's try. Trump starting with a letter. Wow. On Sunday night, while I was with my family, having just arrived from the turning point event in Florida where I won the straw poll against all other Republican candidates with 85.7 percent, with all polls showing me leading in the Republican primary by very substantial numbers, almost everyone predicting that I will be the Republican nominee for president. And as I am leading Democrat Joe Biden in the polls by a lot, Horrifying news for our capital C country was given to me by my attorneys. Deranged Jack Smith, the prosecutor with Joe Biden's DOJ, sent a letter again. It was Sunday night 
stating that I am a target of the January 6th grand jury investigation and giving me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and indictment arrest with a capital A indictment with a capital I. So now Joe Biden's attorney general Merrick Garland, who I turned down for the United States Supreme Court in retrospect, based on his corrupt and unethical actions, a very wise decision together with Joe Biden's Department of Injustice have effectively issued a third capital I indictment and capital A arrest of Joe Biden's number one political opponent who is largely dominating him in the race for the presidency. Nothing like this has ever happened in our capital C country before or even close. They illegally spied on my capital C campaign. By the way, they didn't attacked me with a totally capital F fake dossier that was funded by Hillary Clinton's campaign in the DNC. Capital I impeached me twice. I won. Imagine saying you won the impeachment. They failed on the Mueller witch hunt. No collusion. They failed on the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. The 51 intelligence agents fraud the FBI Twitter files, the DOJ Facebook censorship and every other scam imaginable. But on top of all that, they now they have now effectively indicted me three times. The DOJ staffed and runs the DA's office in Manhattan with a probable forthcoming from Atlanta, where the DOJ are in strict and possibly illegal coordination with the district attorney whose record on murder and other violent crime is abysmal crime is abysmal. Now caps lock is engaged. This witch hunt is all about election interference and a complete and total weapon political weaponization of law enforcement. It is a very sad and dark period for our nation. I did everything right and they indicted me. Okay, as if that was not enough, Donald Trump then publishing an additional troth to troth central again in all capital letters, which hunt Crooked Joe Biden and his injustice department want to indict and arrest his presumed political opponent, me, who is leading him in the polls in the upcoming presidential election of 2024. Such a thing has never happened in our country before. And in the middle of the campaign, election interference and prosecutorial misconduct. So let's let's really tightly and pithily and concisely sum this up. First of all, as I said yesterday on threads, yes, I am on threads where things are unraveling quickly. Folks, there is no witch hunt. There is no weaponization of the FBI and DOJ. Trump humiliated and damaged the country as president and apparently committed crimes in the process. And he might now be held accountable. That's it. Secondly, very important to remember. No matter the circumstances, Trump has argued he should be immune from consequences criminally or with regard to investigations. When Trump was president and he was confronted with legal matters from when before he was from when he was not yet president, he said, listen, I'm currently the president through lawyers. He says, I'm currently the president. I, I you can't do this right now. Then when Trump was out of office, he said, well, I am a potential candidate. You can't do this right now. And now that Trump is running for 2024 uh, uh, president, he is now saying I am actively a candidate. And you all know that if he succeeds in delaying these criminal matters until he potentially is once again president of the United States, as scary as that is, he will then once again argue, I'm now the president. You can't do this right now. It interferes with my ability to carry out the duties to discharge his duty, for lack of a better term, as president of the United States. Ignore it. Ignore it. We are potentially seeing an alleged criminal 
held accountable. And remember, I don't demand he be locked up. You know, for years they've been saying lock up Hillary for what? I'm not saying lock him up. I'm saying if you have evidence, charge him and then give him the due process of what the criminal justice system affords. Later in the show, we will talk about the reaction to this from Marjorie Taylor Greene, from Don Jr., from Fox News, from other Republicans. It is stunning stuff. But for now, the big news, Trump likely facing a third arrest at minimum, potentially a fourth. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Remember to do all of the incredible things that we all do daily to support independent progressive media. And we'll take a quick break. And before you know it, we'll be right back. Everybody loves a good bowl of instant ramen every once in a while. Hard to beat the convenience, usually not the healthiest option. The taste is often very so so. But that's only because you haven't tried Imi, which is a different kind of ramen. Our sponsor, Imi, makes ramen noodles you can actually feel good about. Low carb, only five net carbs, 18 grams of fiber for digestive and gut health, 22 grams of protein, so you're satisfied and fueled, which is not how you often feel after traditional instant ramen. The best part is it just tastes really great. The texture and the flavor are just like the ramen you're used to in the Japanese restaurants. It comes in six delicious flavors, all vegan, creamy chicken, spicy red miso, spicy beef. Imi is an awesome alternative when you need a quick snack. It'll keep you from reaching for the junk food. It's as easy as any instant ramen. You just pop it in the microwave. Go to immieats.com slash Pacman and use code Pacman for five dollars off. That's I M M I eats dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for five dollars off. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P. dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. Anxiety and depression are mental health challenges that affect millions of Americans. Thirty two percent of American adults have reported symptoms of anxiety or depression, but finding the right treatment can be tough. You might have tried things already, might have not been enough, might have not been the right fit. Maybe medications you tried had side effects you didn't like. There is an alternative treatment for anxiety and depression that's shown promising results for many, and that's ketamine therapy. Our sponsor, Mindbloom, is a leading provider of at home ketamine therapy. They have a team of licensed doctors and therapists who guide you through the process. 
Ketamine therapy is based on scientific research that shows it's generally safe and well tolerated without many of the side effects of some other traditional medications. Eighty nine percent of mind bloom patients report improvements in anxiety or depression after just two sessions. And mind bloom has a special offer for my audience. You can get one hundred dollars off your first six session program by going to mindbloom.com slash Pacman and using the code Pacman. That's M I N D B L O O M dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for a hundred dollars off. The info is in the podcast notes. Let's not forget that the David Pacman show as an independent progressive media program doesn't have the billionaire and millionaire donors that right wing organizations like the Daily Wire, the Blaze, all these others have. We actually do depend on your support. And for that, I want to thank so many of you who have signed up and grabbed a membership this week. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. We do do an extra show every single day for our members. And I encourage you, if you would like, use the coupon code indicted again for a discount. We're, we may soon have to have a new code. It might have to be like thrice indicted or something along those lines. I don't know yet, but send in your suggestions. Um, Joinpacman.com is the place to do it. Let's look at some reaction to the news that Donald Trump may indeed be indicted a third time. We're going to hear from a number of different Republicans, including Marjorie Taylor Greene. We'll hear from Donald Trump Jr. I think the most important message here that, you know, one of the things I try to do on this show, listen, people write in and they say, David, you know, you should do a little bit less of the cartoonish stuff because of blah, 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 blah. One of the things we try to do on this show is work within the media ecosystem that exists to get as many eyeballs as possible on what we do, but also to take the cartoonish stuff and make serious and important points that at the top level will inform you so that you don't miss the forest for the trees. And so in a moment, I'm going to play for you Marjorie Taylor Greene and I, I think Jim Jordan, Troy Nail, Nail, Nails, Nels, other Republicans laughing off or criticizing what we see going on with Donald Trump. And yes, they are morons and they are cartoonish and they are clueless and it's all rah rah. Okay, I, I get that. But the most important takeaway that we need to remember here is that these right wingers want you to believe that what is happening now with Donald Trump criminally is an injustice, that it's a perversion of the justice system, that it is due process being violated when the reality is that this is very much the opposite. For years, it looked like the president was above the law. And what we are seeing now is that at least in theory, we'll see, right? I mean, you've got a Trump appointed judge in Florida. You've got we don't know if there will really be consequences. But what we are seeing now, at least in theory, is that a president is not above the law. What we are seeing now, at least in theory, is due process. We are seeing the process play out in the uh, close to the same way. I mean, listen, no mugshot, no handcuffing. OK, uh, but but at least in theory, we are seeing that the, the legal system applies to Trump as well. That's the important takeaway. Let's listen to some of these Republicans give their reactions. The left just they're, they're scared. 
one more ridiculous thing from the Justice Department. This is as wrong as he gets. Are they going to arrest President Trump? Trump charge him with phony fake charges and then hold him in prison while he is winning the Republican primary, while he's going to win the general election in 2024. Right. First of all, the charges are very much not phony from what we've seen so far. You can go and read them. And this concept of phony charges is if something special is going on with Donald Trump. Everything has been handled exactly as it should be. Listen to some of the legal podcasts that delve into just the legal aspect of the investigation more than we're able to on this program because I'm not a lawyer. And you will very clearly see that whatever your criticisms are, about law enforcement more broadly or federal law enforcement or, or, or local police or whatever the case may be. This was handled appropriately and correctly. Trump was actually given more leeway than many suspects or targets would be given. The charges so far, 70 or so felonies, very much not phony. And how can Marjorie Taylor Greene even say that if Trump is arrested a third time, they will be phony charges? Since we don't know what those charges would yet be, seems a little bit ridiculous. With Marjorie Taylor Greene, I often say the, the wheel's spinning, but the hamster is dead. I think more appropriately, we might say the ventriloquist is dead, but somehow the dummy keeps talking and we don't really know how. What's going on here is that maybe Trump will be held responsible for the things he is accused of doing while he was president and in the aftermath of his presidency. Now, here's a bonus here is Donald Trump Jr. They're so apocalyptic that it is almost a joke, except really it's very scary. Don Jr. says that if Trump is indicted for what happened on January 6th, it will be the end of civilization. Wow, that's pretty serious stuff. How far we have fallen, uh, how far we are into decline. I mean, this is like the end of a civilization. Uh, and, you know, if you look at the timing, most civilizations last 250 years. We're at about 248. So. Uh, we are in serious trouble, Steve, if we don't write this ship. Yeah, this is a classic move that authoritarian propagandists, uh, strongmen, dictators and those who aren't really for democracy, except when it suits them, love to use. They love to use. It's called fear. And if you listen to what Don Jr. says there, if this happens, if daddy gets arrested again for what he did surrounding the January 6th riots and attempts to overturn the 20 election. This could be it for all of us. And this is the exact same rhetoric and stylistic approach that they apply to the campaign. You've got dangerous brown people coming in from Mexico and they're rapists and they're murderers and all these different things. And next thing you know, they're going to be killing your daughters and all this. OK. It's that exact same fear. The Chinese created covid and spread it and they're stealing our jobs. It's all fear, fear, fear. But when it only affects them, I mean, listen, let, let's be really frank about this. If Trump's arrested a third time for his role in the January 6 riots and the surrounding attempts to steal the election, some Trumpist in Mississippi is not actually going to be affected by that in terms of their ability to find a job their ability to get health care, their ability to earn a living wage or any of those things. And the reason that they have to say, oh, this could be the end of civilization if it happens is because it's the only way to get people actually angry about 
and donating to the legal defense fund of a billionaire with his own private plane. If they actually said the truth, which is, listen, this sucks for my dad, but it's not really going to negatively affect anybody who's just trying to make a living. It's going to be very difficult to grift and weaponize these charges and potentially forthcoming charges to raise money. So they have to say we're all at risk. And Trump's been saying this. He says, you know, they indicted me, but really they indicted all of us or whatever it was he was saying. I did everything right and they indicted me. Yeah, they have to do that. And it, of course, is not true that everybody is going to suffer if Trump is held accountable. By the way, amazingly good news yesterday, in addition to Trump's potentially third forthcoming arrest, the fake Trump Michigan electors have been charged. This is just phenomenal. Let me remind you, in many states around the country, in the aftermath of the 2020 election, that Joe Biden won. It's crazy, but worth mentioning that election that Joe Biden won. Republicans, we really know now, inspired by Trump's inner circle, had the idea of even though Joe Biden won, what if we just send Republican electors to say we cast our electoral votes for Donald Trump? What about that? And when this news broke that this had taken place in Arizona and in Michigan and other places, we thought to ourselves, it's got to be some crime here, right? And then the legal experts weighed in and they said, oh, yeah, there are potentially crimes here. We are now starting to see the other shoe drop as the as the term may be with regard to the fake electors scam starting in Michigan. The Detroit News reports 16 false Trump electors face felony charges in Michigan. This is very good news. Very good news. Thank your lucky stars every day. You're not Dave Pakman. Well, thank your lucky stars. Not that you're not Dave Pakman, but thank your lucky stars. As the Detroit News reports, Attorney General Dana Nessel is leveling felony charges against 16 Republicans who signed a certificate falsely stating that Trump won Michigan's 2020 presidential election, launching criminal cases against top political figures inside the state Republican Party. Each of the 16 electors, including former Michigan Republican Party co-chairwoman Michon Maddock and Shelby Township clerk Stan Grote, have been charged with eight felony counts, including forgery and conspiracy to commit election law forgery. The revelation capped six months of investigation and produced the most serious allegations yet in Michigan over the campaign to overturn Trump's loss to Biden in 2020. You may recall that this is these are the results now. Biden won the state by 154,000 votes or 3%. Trump supporters and Trump and supporters maintained false, unproven claims that fraud swung the result. Uh, as part of the push to undermine Biden's elect, uh, victory, Trump supporters gathered inside the then Michigan Republican Party headquarters on December 14. They signed a certificate claiming that they were casting the state's 16 electoral votes for Trump. The false certificate was sent to the National Archives and Congress. It inaccurately said that Trump electors met inside the Capitol. However, they hadn't. They uh, met Biden's electors met inside the Capitol. The false electors actions undermined the public's faith in the integrity of our elections. And we also believe plainly violated the laws by which we administer our elections in Michigan. Interestingly, the 16 defendants are all relatively older folks. You will see that uh, ages are 70, 72, 55, 75, 71, 82, 65, 56, 73, 55, 
seventy six, um, four more in their 60s and Rose Rook, who is 81 years old. Now, Republicans are saying, oh, these are politically motivated charges. There is another aspect to this, which is that these are serious enough charges that if convicted and actually sentenced anywhere close to the maximum sentences, those are likely life sentences for many of these individuals based on their advanced age. Statistically speaking, this is serious business. This is also very good news. Yes, Trump and his acolytes masterminded this entire fake elector scam. They did it in Arizona, Michigan and elsewhere. But at a certain point, if you're really going to put your money where your mouth is on personal responsibility, then you have to say that these folks also have to be held accountable. Remember this video where the fake electors tried to crash the certification of the actual electors in Michigan. They tried to come in via a side door and police stopped them. We looked at this back in December of 2020. Here's a quick reminder. Of course, it is not their constitutional duty to show up and cast fraudulent ballots for the guy who didn't win. And their constitutional All right. So you remember this. These are the folks who are now being charged. If indeed the evidence is similar. Remember, folks, we're, we're careful on this program. We just don't go lock them up, lock this person up. If the evidence in Arizona and other states about the actions of these fake electors is similar to that in Michigan, then they should also be charged in Arizona and elsewhere. This is called accountability. This is called due process. This is called the rule of law, and it is called personal responsibility for which these Republicans have been advocating for decades. This is what it looks like to be responsible for your actions. Sometimes making the sustainable choice can kind of feel like a bummer. Many of us have experienced those soggy paper straws and have wondered, is this what I have to do? And of course, I'm sort of kidding. But this is why it's important to celebrate sustainable solutions that work really well, but also help the planet. And a great example is our sponsor, Real Paper. 30 million trees are destroyed every year for toilet paper in the US alone. Real Paper makes toilet paper from bamboo. It keeps growing forever. No trees are cut down and real paper feels like an upgrade from most toilet paper. Super soft, fluffy, affordable. It's not going to feel like a sacrifice or a compromise. You can find real paper at most Target stores and on Target.com. Target carries a convenient 12 pack box, the perfect size to try out. Easy to find the only bamboo toilet paper, the only option in plastic free packaging. Real paper is a really easy way to fight climate change every day in your home. Make the switch today. So summertime is in full swing. It's hot. It's humid. When you get sweaty, many of us know all too well what it means when you wear traditional underwear. It's the sticking, rubbing and chafing. It is not pleasant. That's why our sponsor sheath underwear has been a game changer for so many people. Sheath underwear is ergonomically designed with a pouch in the front. Keep everything comfortable and separate. When you wear the sheath underwear, everything stays dry and cool. Instead of sticking together, 
You feel the air flowing. It's great. It's really something you have to try to understand. This has been my go to underwear for years, all year round, but especially when it's hot outside. The humidity is bonkers. They have plenty of different colors and styles, something for everybody and the sticking and the readjusting experience underwear comfort like you have never felt before. Try sheath. Go to sheathunderwear.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman for 20% off. That's S H E A T H underwear.com slash and use the code Pacman for 20% off. The info is in the podcast notes. Okay, that seems like an error, so I'm going to redo it one more time. That's S H E A T H underwear.com slash Pacman. Use the code Pacman for 20% off. The link is in the podcast notes. Yesterday, Donald Trump did a town hall on Fox News with Sean Hannity and Ron DeSantis did what was billed as a major interview with CNN's Jake Tapper. We will look at both and we will start with Trump's Fox News town hall. This town hall was so bad. Trump looked so low energy, confused, getting basic facts wrong that even his friend, he's my friend, as uh, Nikki Haley has said, even his friend Sean Hannity tries to save Trump and he can't. Now, as a reminder, it really seems like the pressure criminally on Trump is getting to him. We learned that Jack Smith may soon be arresting Trump again. This would be the second federal arrest and third overall. And Trump is at this point up against the wall, proverbially, and left to make wild claims like that we are now a fully communist country under Joe Biden. 2024 is the most important election that we've ever had. And I used to say it with 2016, and I meant it 100 percent. But we're now we're going into an almost a communistic state. And I think maybe we're even there. We are there. It is a fully communistic state under Joe Biden. Now, I'll be honest with you. If you look at record low unemployment numbers, wage growth, inflation declining, GDP growth. If you look at all those things, it's very difficult to make an empirical evidence based case that things are bad under Joe Biden. So you're left with nothing but saying we're communists now. Anybody who knows about communism knows that we are very much not. But this is where we are. Trump so confused that Sean Hannity tried to correct Trump. Trump got his Biden conspiracy theories mixed up. And Hannity tries to correct him, and Trump just steamrolls right over him. Well, it's being protected, obviously. Um, cocaine in the White House, 10-day investigation. They, they, they literally interviewed nobody. Okay, investigation's over. Would that have happened in your White House? Well, well, listen to this. Even you mentioned the beach home. Well, the beach home had all these documents in it, right? It was by the Corvette. They're on the floor. Classified documents. No, that's not the beach home. That, the beach home was another place. No, no. Found. This is also the beach home. And they had the Corvette where they had the Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> Biden's like, uh, I'm sorry. Hannity's like, I guess he's just going to talk over me. I'll just say yes. And a tremendous amount of payment was made for that home by somebody to Joe Biden. And it was a big story for about one day. And then you don't hear about it anymore. So, of course, Sean Hannity is correct. Donald Trump is confusing his Joe Biden conspiracy theories there. Biden trying to uh, Hannity. I don't know why I keep calling Hannity Biden. Hannity trying to save Trump on his Biden conspiracies. And he can't. Trump doesn't want to be saved. He, he's being thrown a life raft and he's pushing it away and pinching a hole in it. Uh, Hannity asks Trump 
How would you get this economy turned around? Now, any sane person goes, what would we turn around? I can't think of any metric that's poor right now. Trump has no choice but to say, well, I would close the border. Really? Wow. How quickly and what would you do to get this economy turned around? It'll go so quickly. Number one, I'm closing that border like I had it. We had the best border. This is a classic lie. The border was closed, then it was open under Biden, then he would close it again. But remember, the question was about the economy. And by the way, I think you all agree. I think you all agree. We want people to come into our country, but we want them to come in legally. We had a good system. They were taking tests. We want people that love our, our country, not people that want to blow up our shopping centers. And our- As you can tell, it is a crowd of cult sycophants. I wish one interviewer, I was going to say one journalist, but Hannity's not a journalist and that's okay. I'm not a journalist either. Either people have different roles. Um, I wish one journalist or commentator or interviewer when when Trump talks about turning the economy around, say to them, which economic metric would you improve upon? Well, I'd lower unemployment. Really? We're at full employment. Essentially, unemployment is lower than it's been essentially ever. And for a longer period that it's been that low ever. Well, I'd raise wages faster, really, because wages are going up about as fast as they've ever gone up. Get specifics because this economic turnaround. What are you talking about? Which metric are you referring to? Trump then claims Mexico gave us billions of dollars of free soldiers while he was president which is sort of like a way to back into Mexico paid for the wall, which, of course, they didn't. Mexico gave us billions of dollars of free soldiers free of charge. You know, they came back into the room after saying, actually sort of laughing at me how stupid a question this was. They said, you think we're not going to do that? I said, yes, you will. You'll do that. He said, we're not going to do that. And I said, well, we're putting a tariff on all of your products, including all the cars that you stole, because, you know, they have 32 percent of our car business left from Mexico. I said, we're going to put a, a third. We're going to put a tariff. Twenty five percent. It's going to go higher. Right. Twenty five percent. Take in billions. He said, may I leave the room, please? Yes. He comes back five minutes later. We would be honored to give you twenty eight thousand. This is a story uh, Trump has told many, many times. And whether there is a shred of truth to it or none whatsoever remains unclear. But this is Trump pretending like he didn't fail on every major promise of his presidency. Incredibly, Trump is saying out loud without even any shame at all that he doesn't feel in any way bound to the agreements that the United States has made. In this clip, Trump is recounting saying that he told NATO countries he wouldn't defend them from Russian aggression, which is Trump saying out loud. He doesn't feel bound by the Article five mutual defense aspect of NATO. Countries have agreed to it. Countries have signed on to it. This is part of our agreement. We committed to doing it. Trump says, nah, I didn't feel bound bound by that. And he tells it like it's a big, strong man type story. Why aren't they? I got hundreds of billions of dollars for these countries by asking. All I had to do is ask. I asked. They said, are you going to protect us from Russia? I said, are you delinquent? They said, Let's assume we were. I said, I will not protect you from Russia. And then the money started pouring. We got hundreds of billions of dollars coming in and they were very happy. Does the crowd that cheers actually think Trump got the United States hundreds of billions of dollars? 
If Trump's story is even true in some broad sense, and the story is he felt there were countries not paying their fair share with regard to NATO and that he went to them and he said, if you don't make more payments to NATO, the US won't come to your aid if Russia attacks you, even if we think that's true. And even if we think it's true that it induced some of those countries to start making those payments. And even if they made the payments, which were certainly not hundreds of billions of dollars, doesn't the crowd know that that's not money for the United States? Do they have any idea how any of the things Trump so cavalierly talks about work? I don't think that they do. But again, it is simply a cult crowd. This is exactly what they're there for. Sean Hannity bringing up Trump's claim that if he were president, he would end Russia's invasion of Ukraine in 24 hours and asks him how Trump's explanation is beyond parody. Listen to this. I would tell Putin got to settle. I would tell Zelensky you got to settle. Got to settle. That's the thing. If you call up Zelensky and you go, listen, sir, you must settle. He's not going to do it. But if you call up and you go, Got to settle. Then they go, whoa, we got to settle this thing right away. I would tell one you're going to load up with money. I tell the other you're not going to get any money. I would get a settlement in 24 hours. Now, it should have never happened. You have thousands, hundreds of thousands of dead people right now, hundreds of thousands. You have cities that are obliterated. I don't know if you've ever seen the cities after they finish with the rockets. You have cities with no buildings standing. It looks All like. Right. So the way we, we've been wondering for a long time, Trump insists 24 hours is all I would need to end Russia's invasion of Ukraine in 24 hours like that. I would have it done. And we now learn what he would do is he would call Zelensky and he'd go, got to settle. And then he'd call Putin and go, you got to settle. And next thing you know, there will be no more invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Last clip from this Trump again, just enamored with authoritarian strongman Chinese President Xi. He just loves the guy. He's so impressed. I will tell you that. But think of President Xi, central casting, brilliant guy. You know, when I say he's brilliant, everyone says, oh, that's terrible. We call him. He runs 1.4 billion people with an iron fist. Smart, brilliant, everything perfect. There's nobody in Hollywood like this guy. Everything perfect in China. As you all know, when we say what is really the home of the free on planet Earth 2023? We all think of China, particularly the Uyghurs, as we know, they have extraordinarily free, just just so much freedom. They can't take it in China right now. Scary stuff. Hannity tries to help them. The questions are softballs. The crowd is a sycophant cult crowd cheering their brains out without even knowing what on earth Trump is talking about. And he still horrifies the world with yet another unhinged town hall. I hope he's at the debate. Let's leave it there. The Ron DeSantis campaign was playing up for days that yesterday DeSantis would have a major interview on CNN during which he would address policy. He would lay out his views on foreign policy, domestic policy, woke, anti woke, the whole thing. Jake Tapper had the pleasure, I guess, of interviewing Ron DeSantis. The interview was a disaster. First of all, DeSantis answered almost no questions whatsoever. His head bobbling almost off the frame during the interview. 
sitting in a bizarre way. Just every detail about DeSantis, including the bizarre look on his face for most of the interview, just pathetic. Let's start with what was pressing at the time of this interview. Jake Tapper asking DeSantis, if Jack Smith has evidence that Trump committed crimes, should he be held accountable? And DeSantis essentially defends Trump. If Jack Smith has evidence of criminality, should Donald Trump be held accountable? So here's the problem. Uh, This country is going down the road of criminalizing political differences. And I think that's wrong. Alvin Bragg stretched a statute in in Manhattan to be able to try to target Donald Trump. Most people, even people on the left acknowledge if that wasn't Trump, that case would not have likely been brought uh, against a normal civilian. And so you have a now it sounds like the argument DeSantis is making is if a normal civilian engaged in financial fraud, if a normal civilian did what Trump did with classified documents, they wouldn't have been charged. That's not a very good argument. In fact, the problem we've really been dealing with for some period of time is that people like Trump have been above the law. And what I won't I I know I've been saying it to, to, to a point that you all know and are probably sick of hearing the Trump charges are the possibility that Trump is not above the law. And in that sense, we should be happy about it. Then the topic of abortion came up and DeSantis again floats the lie of the post birth abortion in blue states. Jake Tapper did not do a good job of saying that's completely untrue. But part of the question here is, would you support a federal abortion ban? DeSantis won't answer. And this was the theme of this interview. He wouldn't actually answer the question. You recently signed a six week abortion ban in Florida. Yes or no. Would you support that as a nationwide ban? So I said I'm pro-life. I will be a pro-life president um, and we will support pro-life policies. Um, At the same time, I look at what's going on in the Congress and, you know, I don't see them you know, making very much headway. I think the danger from Congress is if we lose the election, they're going to try to nationalize abortion up until the moment of birth. And in some liberal states, you act- notice there's no answer here. And then he goes into the lies. We have post birth abortions, and I think that that's wrong. Also, with respect to the military thing that we talked about, we're going to reverse the abortion tourism policy in the department. Abortion tourism is not a term that's going to get you too many votes, even for many Republicans that I can assure you defense. They are actually paying people uh, to go and get abortions with American tax dollars as part of the military. They won't even pay you. You lose a loved one. You don't get that type of time off to be able to go uh, to do funerals. And so we're going to continue to stand for uh, to stand for life. And we're going to make sure that everybody knows that. Okay, Uh, Jake Tapper not holding him accountable about post birth abortions. This is a lie that they won't stop repeating. Jake Tapper should know better, should have confronted him. All right. So there there's that. Uh, Then again, not answering questions. DeSantis is asked by Jake Tapper, would you push Zelensky to give Russia some territory in order to end the war? And again, DeSantis won't answer. Would you um, push Zelensky to make concessions to Russia to cede land that Russia seized in, in, in its attack. So what I would say is what the goal should be a sustainable, enduring peace in Europe, but that <laughs> one that does not reward a great Jake answers are woke. And if you think you're going to get me to answer questions here and now 
This is where questions go to die. And there's going to be different levers that you're going to be able to pull. Levers. We will pull some levers against Russia. He's going to pull levers. God. We're going to do be much more aggressive on energy and export because I think that's been Putin's lifeline. I want the Europeans dependent on the United States for that, not him. We're also going to turn the <laughs> screws on the Iranians. The Iranians have been one of Putin's biggest benefactors, and they've benefited from Biden's approach Dear there. So, so we'll use the leverage that we have, uh, but the goal is going to be a sustainable peace that does not reward aggression. So uh, no answer there, as you can see, very, very clearly just not answering questions. Then the topic of wokeness came up and uh, I won't even introduce this one. It's very funny. Listen, we did this survey. Uh, I'll give you a copy of it if you want. They haven't released it, but I got my hands on a copy and it looked at it. By the way, DeSantis is sitting in such a bizarre way. Why can't any of these guys sit or stand normally? I don't get it. It's a sidebar. It's not substantive. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Survey people, I think 16 to 28 barriers to service and beyond the ones such as don't want to die, don't want to be injured, don't want to be away from my family. The biggest issues were the number two issue. Women and racial or ethnic minorities are discriminated against in the army. Wokeness is listed here, but it's only it's only number nine. Um, <laughs> okay, so, so that- let me pause right there. Okay, what what Jake Tapper is saying is, if you ask uh, young people issues with the military, if you eliminate the obvious ones why people don't want to serve, like you might be killed, you might be shot, you might be hurt, you'd be away from your family, you take all of those reasons off the list, then wokeness is ninth. <laughs> okay, that's already hilarious. Listen to Ron DeSantis's explanation would suggest that wokeness is not as big. Well, but I think there's an issue about like not everyone really knows what wokeness is. Uh, I mean, I've defined it, but a lot of people who rail against wokeness can't even define it. And so I think it's a sense of, you know, this is not something that's that's holding true to the core martial values that make the military unique. Uh, And I can tell you, the veterans, you don't have to look far and wide. Go to a VFW hall, go to an American Legion. Uh, There's huge amount of concern about the direction uh, that the military is going with all this. And here's the thing, things like DEI and all that stuff, it hasn't worked in other aspects of society. It very well may be on the constitutional chopping block in light of the uh, Supreme. So he just starts bobbing and bobbling his head, unable to accept the reality that this is a fabricated, fabricated issue. And then lastly here, DeSantis is asked, do you think moving further to the right makes you more electable? Um, Take a listen. So this issue gets into the the state of the race because some of your supporters are disappointed that your campaign has yet to catch fire the way they would want in terms of polling. Uh, One Republican pollster, one who is sympathetic to you, I was asking her about your campaign. And she said she thought the issue was you bumped up at the beginning because voters, Republican voters, saw you as a more electable conservative like Trump, like Trump without the baggage. But then they say as you go further and further to the right on some of these divisive social issues that could alienate moderates, suburban moms, et cetera, Republican voters see you as less and less electable. Mm. Uh, what do you say to that analysis? Well, I don't think it's true. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, I took a state that had been a one point state and we won it by 20 percentage points, 1.5 million votes, uh, our bread and butter. All right. So this is a completely ridiculous answer. He talks about a state where at the presidential level was often an extraordinarily small margin. He says he won it by 20. He won it by I think it was 19. So that that is close. But that is not really evidence that he is viable as a presidential candidate. And if you want to talk about the proof being in the pudding, it's that he over the last four months 
has lost a third of his support in the 2024 Republican presidential primary. So this was billed as the great coming out party for Ron DeSantis, where he would lay out his vision and show how articulate and precise and, and strong he is. He did none of those things. He did none of those things. A pathetic implosion. Jake Tapper also didn't do great, could have pushed him on a number of those issues, including so-called post-birth abortions. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. Jake Tapper doing a so-so job, but Ron DeSantis really imploding. People in my audience trying to quit smoking or vaping. This is for you. You can't vape or smoke inside. You're tired of people seeing you put those little pouches in your lip. There is a nicotine alternative that people won't notice to help you quit. Zippix nicotine toothpicks. Our sponsor Zippix makes the only nicotine toothpick on the planet that is FDA registered. You can use it anywhere, work, restaurants, airplanes, sporting events after a meal. The toothpicks stay in a convenient little tube that goes in your pocket or on your keychain. It's way more convenient than carrying around a huge can of pouches all day or a whole bunch of gum or whatever the case may be. Zippix nicotine toothpicks come in flavors like peppermint watermelon, sweet wood, cinnamon, whiskey. If you're not a nicotine user, try out their B12 toothpicks with caffeine instead, a quick and easy alternative to coffee. Do your lungs a favor, cut the cigarette smoke, cut the vape juice. Quitting has never been easier with Zippix nicotine toothpicks. Go to zippix.com, get 10% off with the code PACMAN10 at checkout. That's zippix.com. Use code PACMAN10 for 10% off. The info is in the podcast notes. This is absolute genius. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Trumpian Republican Congresswoman, ranted about all of the things that Joe Biden might do if he gets another four years in office, as if they were bad things. Of course, the things she's talking about are good things. And so the Joe Biden campaign simply took Marjorie Taylor Greene's words verbatim and turned them into a political ad. This is utterly brilliant and amazing. Listen to this. Joe Biden had the largest public investment in social infrastructure and environmental programs that is actually finishing what FDR started that LBJ expanded on. Sounds pretty good. And Joe Biden is attempting to complete programs to address education, medical care, urban problems, <laughs> rural poverty, transportation. Important issues. Wow. Medicare, Medicaid, labor unions. And he still is working on it. Isn't that the best? <laughs> and then uh, Joe Biden publishing it uh, on Twitter with the message, I approve this message. You know, what I love about this is that there is at some point going to be such a big disconnect between what Republicans in office say is bad and what Democrats in office are trying to do. And so when you make a statement like, for example, Joe Biden is going to raise taxes on the rich. If that's what he were planning to do right now, there isn't actually tax reform on, on the table in any serious way beyond some ideas that Joe Biden put together. But you're, you're quite literally going to get to a point where the country mostly wants taxes raised on the rich. So Republicans simply repeating if they accurately repeated Biden's going to raise taxes on the rich. 
it actually works in the favor of Joe Biden. And of course, this is the epitome. These are things most Americans want. Most Americans want spending on infrastructure. Most Americans want dealing with the problems of programs like Medicare and others. But th these are things that Americans want. And it's incredible to see Marjorie Taylor Greene's own words turned against her. Very nicely done by the social media team for Joe Biden. I'm going to play a clip for you today of someone who lacks any skepticism whatsoever when she is told again and again and again and again and again by Republicans things for which they have no evidence. We're going to play a clip now of Maria Bartiromo on Fox News. Maria Bartiromo, a long term, uh, a longtime Trump brown noser, interviewed Republican Congressman Andy Biggs. Andy Biggs made the claim without any evidence that the Biden family has taken in 20, 30 or even 100 million dollars as part of their what they love to call the Biden crime family bribery and all these different things. There's no evidence of any of that. And Maria Bartiromo, instead of saying, oh, Congressman, do you have any evidence of that? She goes, holy moly, holy moly. Maria, we're talking literally it's not ten million dollars. It's it's well over 20, 30 million dollars in some estimates as high as 100 million dollars flowing through these holy moly counts. And so uh, it, it, we have to get to the bottom of it. But but we're we're getting slow walked ourselves from the administration, obviously, and their and their partisans and their supporters. Um, but but this looks more and more sinister. Every time we look at it and <laughs> I, I just if we could release the SARS, which we cannot, they're they're classified yet. Yeah. But anyway, you get the point. Not. Do you have any evidence of that? Not. Can you prove this stuff? Not the whistleblower you said was there. Nobody's spoken to in three years. Not the tapes you said existed now seem to be missing. None of that. None of that. Just holy moly. Now, beyond just a little bit of skepticism, there's also this other thing that I do think is important to bring up. By all public accounts, Joe Biden is worth somewhere between eight and ten million dollars. He's 80 years old. Certainly, Joe Biden is wealthy by global and American terms, without a doubt. Now, interestingly, for his age, Joe Biden is not actually in the one percent being worth eight to ten million dollars. You can look it up yourself. That's a whole other story altogether. Can you imagine how differently Joe Biden's financial disclosures and his life would be if he really had certainly 30, 40 or 50 or in particular, if he had close to 100 million dollars, people with nine million dollars and people with 100 million dollars typically live very differently. Do you have people with 100 million that live just like someone who has nine million? Yes, you do have that, uh, particularly frugal individuals. But when you, you you have to what's you have to build another layer into the conspiracy, which is not only are the claims about the Biden family taking in somewhere between 30 and 100 million dollars in bribery and gifts and all this different stuff. Not only are those claims unproven, you also have to believe that everybody is fraudulently putting out financial disclosures, including Joe Biden, to hide the fact that he has that much money or whatever. Right. The point is, there are multiple layers that you immediately have to start thinking of if any of this were true, for which they have no evidence and for which there is no evidence. And Maria Bartiromo, who used to be a pretty good journalist, I have to say, when she was with CNBC, when, when I was uh, growing up and starting to get into following the stock market and, and investing and such, she can muster up nothing other than holy moly.
really pathetic stuff. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. We recently had a woman who called in and said, David, I like your show, but Brian Tyler Cohen is way hotter than you. Today we have a caller who says, yes, that's true, but it's not way hotter. I guess this is supposed to be some kind of uh, <laughs> self-esteem boost or something. Listen to this. Hey, David, this is uh, this is James up here in Canada. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to give you a call and let you know that while I think Brian Tyler Cohen is is quote hotter than you, I don't think he's way hotter. Like if he's in the NHL, you're like the OHL. You're like one step away. So I don't think that lady was fair. Anyways, big fan. <laughs> Keep up the great work. All right. Well, listen, I guess if this were some kind of contest, I am behind Brian Tyler Cohen. I'm losing the contest, but I'm not as far behind as that uh, nice lady who called in uh, had to say on today's bonus show. Illegal border crossings have dipped to their lowest level in over two years. Now, understand that whether illegal border crossings are up or down, either way, Republicans say it's bad if a Democrat is in the White House. And I'll explain to you the logic of that. And you'll very quickly see there's not much logic to it. Secondly, Illinois is set to be the first state to end cash bail after the state Supreme Court ruling on that issue. We will talk about it. We'll talk about cash bail, the implications, Republican fear mongering, all of it. And thirdly, Ted Cruz's Senate seat is being looked at very closely by Democrats as a not impossible seat to flip at a point in recent history. It would have been considered an impossible seat to flip. It may not be. And Democrats are now looking at it very closely and very strongly. All of those stories and more on today's bonus show when producer Pat joins me. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Yeah. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Yeah. So sign up at joinpacman.com. Join the bonus show. Every time someone joins, Alex Jones cries one more tear because he hates the bonus show. You can use the coupon code indicted again for a discount. And remember that the new and improved children's critical thinking book that I wrote is now available at davidpackman.com slash book improved illustrations. We fixed one typo. We improved the cover available Kindle and paperback usually gets to you in two days. It's an amazing thing. Uh, now about sixty four hundred copies sold the number one children's education book on Amazon. It's unbelievable. We don't even know what we're, we did everything wrong. And the book is doing well. I did everything right and they indicted me. Right. Well, we'll see you on the bonus show and I'll be back here tomorrow.